Dear Father in heaven, we thank thee for the blessing we've received already today, the richness that we can taste in thy word, from thy spirit, from our fellowship. Dear Father, we have been fed already so abundantly. We ask for a bit more, a few more crumbs from thy table. Dear Father, we need to take in and to eat and to feed the inner man. We are in a dry and a barren land, one that would uh, try to captivate us, control our senses. Dear Father, help us to be aware and to be vigilant. We pray for the loved ones that we prayed for this morning already, and and, uh, we ask for their healing. Uh, We ask that thy hand would be upon them. Dear Father, we thank thee for all these things. We pray them in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9. Matthew 9. Starting with verse 1. And Jesus entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? For whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. And he arose and departed to his house. But when the multitudes saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, Behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what this meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I've read up to verse 13. May God bless the reading of his word. Uh, This morning hour, we meditated on Thanksgiving, on giving thanks. And my, my thoughts went along many of the same lines as Brother Doug preached. It's good to ask ourselves, and good to even inventory, good to look 
and think about all the things we have to be thankful for, we can be thankful for. There are many things. I mean, just the fact that you woke up in a country today and bombs aren't raining down or, or terrorists attacking is one big thing that you can be thankful for. The fact that we had such a bountiful lunch, the fact that we're able to gather here in a church, there, the list goes on and on. And, and anyone secular or otherwise, can acknowledge these things. And it's good that we thank God for them and we, we give him honor and glory and, and acknowledge him as the giver of these things. He, he's given them to us in order that we would thank him. But there is something far more important <clears throat> that you ought to be thankful for. And it was touched on this morning hour and, and my mind went to this account here, actually, as, as kind of highlighting that. Something that really only a Christian can be thankful for. Something that sets us apart. And the beauty of this thing that, that we only can be thankful for is that it's open for everyone. It's, it's extended to everyone. There, there's no limits. And this thing, of course, here is the forgiveness of, of sins. This is... It's, it's life-changing. If you really understand it, it's life-changing. You know, Jesus, unlike me, is not predictable. He's not, you can't, he's always surprising. And that's part of the reason I love this account. You know, he, he speaks words of truth and power and, and love, but he does them in a way that is, people don't expect. And that's the scene here. I just imagine, you know, the, there's other parallel accounts where it makes clear there was, he was, this man was born by four friends and they lowered him through the roof. They basically took up the, the roof tiles and dismantled the roof in order to put him down, to lend him down here into the midst of Jesus. And if you look at the previous chapter here, Jesus spent a good part of the chapter healing people. There was, I mean, Part of the reason was the people, there's a huge crowd around because of all the healing that he's doing. And, and Jesus, you know, they, they lower this man down in the midst of them and he says, I think something that would have been shocking. He doesn't go right to, you're healed. He says, your sins be forgiven. Jesus knew what this man needed. Even this passage, he knew what the Pharisees were thinking, or the scribes. He, he knew what was in the hearts. He knows what's in the hearts of men. He knew exactly what this man needed. And the first thing he needed to hear was, your sins are forgiven you. Which one do you want? Do you want forgiveness of sins, or do you want Healing. And I don't, I want us to consider that honestly within ourselves. We know what the right answer is. But if I were given the choice between the two, between having my sins forgiven or being made whole, being able to walk again, to have my life back, which of those two would I choose? No, it's really the difference between the tangible and the intangible. It's really the difference between faith and sight. 
we know the whole story here. Jesus had a point on that, but I, I think he said that first off as a, as a to get people to think, and and I pray that would be the effect this afternoon hour too, to get you to think. What do you really value? What are you really thankful for? Because if you are really thankful for your sins being forgiven you, then that will not change. That state of thankfulness will not change regardless of what happens. It, life, as we all know, will go through the ringer at different times. We'll, um, we'll get stretched. And that song... Um, that hymn, My Life Goes On in Endless Song, How Can I Keep From Singing? That song comes to mind, Robert Lowry. Maybe I'll find the words here in a bit. But maybe before I go there, maybe the difference is, maybe the difference is, this man knew the weight of his sin. Obviously, Jesus wouldn't have, wouldn't have said that to him otherwise if he hadn't known that. And maybe my friend outside of Christ, maybe part of the problem is you don't realize the weight of your own sin. The forgiveness of sins doesn't really mean much to you. You know, the rabbis had a saying that um, a man will not be healed of his sickness until his sins are all forgiven, something like that. And maybe they had taken that from Psalm 103, uh, where it says about your uh, uh, God who, who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases. Maybe they, they you know, and that was a, a common thinking in the time. If you have a physical illness, it's because you sin. You can remember the, the blind man, right? He said, did, did this man sin or did his parents sin that he was born this way? That was some of the thinking here. And maybe that thinking helped that paralyzed man to, to realize the weight of his sin. He, he felt condemned by his sin. Maybe that's part of the problem, my friend outside. If you're given these two choices here and now today, if you are really in actual fact given these choices, and you know, you are, you are given that choice today, here and now. The, the choice between forgiveness of sins and life the way I want it, the way I think I want it. Maybe you don't see that because you don't feel the weight of your sin. The news about the forgiveness of your sins is not that, that, that glorious good news. But, it all comes back to Jesus, right? Doesn't it? These, these Pharisees, these scribes here, they, they had logical, they had good reasoning, they, they they were scripturally correct. They said, who can forgive sins but God only? Right? It's clear. I mean, what, what man coming along can say this to someone else, your sins are forgiven you? All sin is against God, first and foremost. It, it, he is the, 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 the prime injured party in all of our sin. He's the only one that can forgive it. The, the scribes and Pharisees, they were right. But their logic broke down in the presence of Jesus. And that's the difference. My friend outside of Christ, that is the, the whole difference between forgiveness of sins and, and life as you would like it. It's Jesus. It's looking at Jesus and seeing him and how he makes things different. 
all thankfulness that like we brought, was brought back this morning, it all comes back to him and delighting in him. Abounding in thanksgiving, Colossians 2. We've been studying Colossians, it seems, a little bit uh, lately. Brother Doug started, and then, then Brother Irwin picked it up at the Ontario thing. And... and actually will be the theme, apparently, of the, the Brothers Meeting coming up. Uh, the, these verses here, Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. What a picture, you know, like, it's been observed, you know, Paul uses a whole bunch of metaphors in the space of this, this sentence here, one sentence here, rooted, built up, established, you know, like, it's all, you know, talking about living things and, and buildings and, and um, you know, and walking in him. But all the end result, what comes out of all this, what, what, what overflows from it is thanksgiving, as a, as a heart and a state of thanksgiving, that just all because of Jesus Christ and what he's done. That's the difference. That's the kind of thanksgiving that the Christian has that is uh, rooted and, and, and it comes out from Christ Jesus the Lord. And that's why no matter what happens, um, we can be thankful. That's that, that song. Let me find it here. My life flows on in endless song above earth's lamentation. I catch the sweet, though far-off hymn that hails a new creation. Here's the refrain. No storm can shake my inmost calm while to that rock I'm clinging, since love is Lord of heaven and earth. Love personified, Jesus Christ. How can I keep from singing? Through all the tumults and the strife, I hear that music ringing. It finds an echo in my soul. How can I keep from singing? What though my joys and comforts die? I know my Savior liveth. What though the darkness gather round? Songs in the night he giveth. The peace of Christ makes fresh my heart, a fountain ever springing. All things are mine since I am his. How can I keep from singing? That's the heart of thankfulness. And it's not, you know, it's not, emotions are beautiful and, 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 and they have their place and, and God uses them, but it doesn't start from a place of emotion. It starts from a place of faith, a place of simple trust that no matter what is happening right now with me and where I am, I can be thankful. I can be thankful because my sins are forgiven. Because the biggest problem, the most crushing load, the, the, the worst thing that could happen has been dealt with. Jesus Christ has paid that price. So, what now? You know, this little one verse here is devoted to the biography of the man who wrote this gospel account. Just slipped in here after after this, this healing of the, of the man that had the palsy. One verse. And Jesus passed from thence. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom, and he said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. 
That's the man who wrote this book. That's Thanksgiving. There was a man who was sitting at the receipt of custom, and that to you and me in today's day and age doesn't mean too much, but to any, any Jew living in that time, to anyone in the land of Israel then, knew that such a person was sitting as a traitor, was sitting as an enemy of Israel, a, a tool of the Roman oppression, collecting the money and putting a good portion in his pocket. This man was hated and despised, and Jesus walks by where he is still at work. He's still sitting, receiving his dues. He walks by and he says, come, follow me. In that moment, the, the, the grace, the, the, your sins being forgiven in that action, that invitation. And Matthew gets up, and the rest of the li- his life is Jesus's. The rest of his days are Jesus's. The, the, the actions that he does, the the, the all the labor and the work that he goes into recording this gospel, to following him, to giving his life, that's thankfulness. You've been rescued. That's why the forgiveness of sins is so important as the basis of thanksgiving, of a life of, 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 of gratitude. There's a false type of thankfulness, right? There's a, there's a, there's a wrong a way that we can think we're giving thanks and be so off the mark. And that is exemplified as often it is in these Gospels by the Pharisees. Think about that man, that Pharisee praying in the temple. Lord, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. There is no real thanks in that heart. There is no um, honor and glory given to God, no Acknowledgement, no understanding of the forgiveness of my sins if I am putting myself above others. And that's really, Jesus had to turn around here at that, at that meal, which was probably at Matthew's place, and say to them, you totally don't understand God and his heart. God is not interested in all these things, these sacrifices that you're doing, uh, the burnt offerings and, and, and your system of doing things that you think that lauds you up, I think, thee that I'm not as other men are. I'm not like this guy. God is more interested in what you do to that guy, how you help him, the mercy that you have. I will have mercy. That's what I want from you as thanksgiving. Not what you think as here's my lovely offering I'm going to give to you, but my heart is not any different. If you realize and understand that your sins have been forgiven, that changes everything too, doesn't it? the way that you treat other people. Go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. This Thanksgiving Day, if you realize what God has given, forgiven you in Christ Jesus, that's the best Thanksgiving you could give to God. That's the honor and the glory that you can give him. May we all go and learn what that means, to have mercy and not sacrifice. May we all, out of a heart of thanksgiving, reach out and, and, and treat others the way that we ought, that God and, and Christ Jesus has treated us. Brother Doug, you weren't the only one that was up late last night looking at hymns. 
I was too. We, we um, Nathaniel was, as, as I said this morning, he wasn't doing well, and um, I was up later too. And I was reading a little bit about this, this man, Robert Lowry, who wrote that, the hymn that I read. He wrote a lot of other ones, and you know these ones too. Shall we gather at the river? I need thee every hour. We're marching to Zion. My personal favorite, all the way my Savior leads me. You know, he actually said once, I would rather preach a gospel sermon to an appreciative, receptive congregation than write a hymn. But he was a man abounding in thanksgiving. And you, could, you can tell it that he said he would, the melodies sometimes or the words would come to him and he would just jot them down on an envelope back or somewhere like that. Uh, just a man from, from whom, uh, from a heart of thankfulness, you could tell uh, his life and his work proceeded. He said, his best hymn, which I had never heard of, was this one which I'm going to read now, and this is for you, my friend, outside of Christ. He says this was his best hymn. Weeping will not save you, though your face were bathed in tears. That could not allay my fears, could not wash the sins of years. Weeping will not save you. Working will not save you. Purest deeds that I can do, holiest thoughts and feelings too, cannot form my soul anew. Working will not save you. Waiting will not save you. Helpless, guilty, lost you lie. In your ear is mercy's cry. If you wait, you'll surely die. Waiting will not save you. Jesus wept and died for thee. Jesus suffered on the tree. Jesus waits to make thee free. He alone can save thee. And here's the last verse. Faith in Christ will save you. Sinner, Trust God's risen Son. Trust the work that he has done. To his arms now quickly run. Faith in Christ will save you. This Thanksgiving Day, realize your sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ. Come to him. With that, we conclude this service.